Hello, Josephine. Hi, Miss Wendy. Hi, the children. <laughs> the quarantine children. Listen, welcome to Art Time Presents Quarantine. <laughs> quarantine of the decade. Of, of the hopefully year. our lifetimes. Josephine would not let me name this episode Art Time Presents End Times. Thank you very much. I wanted <laughs> I to name like... it End Times. But he was like, that feels dark. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I was like, how about <laughs> quarantine? The end. Yes. So we just make to- it quarantine. Yeah. So here we are in the quarantine. Um, uh, oh, my goodness. We are, first of all, we're recording remotely. Um, and we, this is the first time we're doing this, not in the same room together. So that's a first in three years. Yes, but we can see each other because this is the future. We're living in technology times. All of the technology capable so that we never need to occupy space with another human being ever again. Exactly. There's going to be some great play after all of this. It's going to be about like people not interacting with each other. Oh my Lord, right? I know. So Josephine and I are recording online together we are facetiming mm-hmm. so that we can see each other's gorgeous faces while we do this give it a little shimmy josephine yeah hey. yes. um i'll have you all know that i put on lipstick for this occasion she sure did just makes me feel a little better we do what we can in the end times yes yes, yes. So we wanted to come at you with a special quarantine episode because um, we have lots of time to occupy and now is a great time to fill mm-hmm. with art. And there's a lot of art happening as a result of the madness in the world right now. Um, so there's a lot of pop culture news and ways that artists are rising. Uh, obviously, Broadway is shut down. Theaters are shut down. Productions everywhere have been shut down. Everything is shut down. Yeah. So all kinds of artists who are hourly employees, who are contracted employees, are really, really hurting right now. Um, and have found really creative ways to rise. Yes. Yes, they are rising. Tell me how, Josephine. Well, we some so again, you know, because we are Broadway girls, we're Broadway babies. Hey. Um, everyone's kind of taking their lead from uh, from the folks on Broadway. So everything from uh, you know, we'll start with the basics: washing your hands. Mm-hmm. So we have um, I forget what the hashtag is exactly, but there are people that are out there. I think it's uh, Broadway, Broadway wash your hands. I think. I, yeah, I think so too. Hashtag Broadway wash your hands. I'm and there, do a quick search on that. They're doing these um, uh, cute little videos of um, Broadway stars uh, talking about, you know, the the different uh, charities that they're highlighting for uh, theater artists that theater artists and other people who are uh, severely and negatively impacted by all of the closures and the quarantines and the mm-hmm. social distancing. And in addition to that, they're singing 20 minutes, uh, 20, 20 minutes, seconds. 20 seconds, <laughs> not 20 minutes, that 20 seconds. Time. Uh, of a song to um, wash their hands to. And that is so, hashtag you know, B-Way Hand Wash Challenge. Yes, B-Way Hand Wash Challenge. So, you know, I yesterday I kind of fell down a rabbit hole. I saw Stephanie J. Block do hers, mm-hmm. uh, belt her face off in her lovely bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched uh, Jay Armstrong Johnson uh, do a little bit of hand washing as well. 
And, you know, again, it's just nice to one, it's one for me, because I'm nosy. It's nice to see where all these people live <laughs> at the apartments that a Broadway Definitely have insight into everyone's homes right now. It's really interesting. Yeah. And so that's been interesting. And that's been just, again, a fun way to, I kind of fell down a rabbit hole anyway of like people washing hands videos. So like mm-hmm. there's one with Charo who mm-hmm. is like, you know, washing her hands and Gloria Gaynor singing, I will survive and washing her hands. Of course. To I will survive. So that's been, that's my little hand washing thing. Um, <laughs> other th- other things that people are doing is they're doing virtual cabarets. I know that's something that's happening here in San Diego with some local theater artists. And there are also, um, there's also ways uh, to like view art, like people are doing free live concerts. So mm-hmm. not just Broadway theater artists, but like John Legend, Coldplay. Chris Martin, yeah. Coldplay. Exactly. They're, they're doing free concerts and everything on like on their streams. Mm-hmm. Um, Celebrities have also really um, like put out their, like their own positivity. So like Laura Benanti, she mm-hmm, put out mm-hmm. the call to young artists, like middle school, high school artists whose school plays may have been canceled or their spring performances mm-hmm. or whatever choir performances. And she said, sing them for me and tag me in them and so the hashtag there is sunshine songs and that is just such a delight to watch like tons of kids just singing their hearts out and Laura Benanti has been very vocal about like I watch every single one of them several several times a day like we watch them at night and they're uplifting and joyous and it really does like give people a platform to still put their work out there um yeah Jen Garner also did a thing where uh, she started a hashtag, Hey Jen, look at me. So like, she was like, just put it out there. If you're making something, if you're playing your clarinet, if you're um, crocheting something, like put it out there and, and hashtag her there too. So there's a lot of uh, celebrity platforms like that that are happening, which is exciting. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, Alex Billings is doing a thing for uh, specifically for like LGBT queer young artists like uh and tagging her in it you know so that we can kind of just again raise the visibility of the art that's happening right there that doesn't really have you know a specific stage to be seen on so it's exciting all of the late night shows are happening now oh yeah that's been been really cool Oh yeah, I well I've been watching I'm a I'm a watcher of the Daily Show so I've been following um online uh from Trevor Noah's apartment uh-huh. and it's so interesting how um cuz he still has like you know he'll have cuts of different segments and different wipes of things so it's cool how he's doing his um how how he's managed to still do his show mm-hmm. um I've been watching and, the um Tonight Show with Fallon Oh, see, okay. I haven't seen the. I've been kind of saving up the foul, the the bigger ones, Fallon and Kimmel. Um, yeah. I don't think I've seen anything Corden related. I don't know if he's doing anything. No, not yet. No. Yeah. So yeah. Jimmy Fallon's is cute though because he's like surrounded by like very young children at his house, and his wife is his cameraman and um, camera person, and yes. uh, you know, so he has like his daughters climbing all over him and all of his segments and like. One of his littles uh, created all of the graphics for every show. So like the the hashtags that he's presenting and even like the Tonight Show logo are all like drawn by his six-year-old. Oh, it's, it's really that's cute. awesome. Yeah, it's really, really cute. Um, there's also celebrities reading children's books. 
Oh, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, there's, so there's the celebrities that are reading children's books, and um, they're online. I think it started actually by Jennifer Garner. Um, and, let me, and that was promoted on Fallon last night, too. Yes. So... Um, so while you do that, second. I can talk about um, Mo Willems, yes, the children's book author, like something about the pigeon riding the bus, don't let the pigeon ride the bus or something like that. Um, he's a really, really uh, prolific children's book author, illustrator, and he has been hosting lunchtime sessions free of charge so that people can learn to draw like Mo. Um, and he's like teaching kids how to draw and illustrate and they're really good. Um, and so he's just apparently like saving single-handedly saving thousands of parents across the country, um, just by occupying their children for a little bit every day, which is really helpful. Awesome. Um, I, I have the, I have the, the account. So it's on, um, it's on Instagram. It's called save with stories Mm -hmm. And so it's, I think it's a branch of Save the Children um, and No Kid Hungry. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is, it's also hashtag Save the Story. So they're posting uh, different celebrities reading different children's books. Um, they're, uh, so, so far they've actually have, there's, a, there's about 31 posts right now on the Instagram account. And you'll have to go to the IGTV section to watch, mm-hmm. to listen to the full length. But I think my favorite one is like, one of the first ones was Reese Witherspoon. And she's like, hi, I'm Reese. (laughs) I'm like, like, okay, Reese. But you know, it's everyone from Natalie Portman. Jimmy Fallon wrote the book that uh, read the book that he wrote. What's that Um, again? That is save with stories. Got it. And so like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're talking like Jamie Lee Curtis, Lupita Nyong'o, Weird Al, (laughs) Yankovic. Chip and Joanna Gaines. Exactly. Uh, which, speaking of them, this is a sidebar. Someone, I saw someone repost something that was like, Chip and Joanna Gaines fucked us up with quarantine, fucked us up with this quarantine. You know, everyone's here with their open plan houses. <laughs> we need more rooms. Their open we floor plans. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We need separate spaces. I get that. That's separate so spaces need more rooms. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Which, not going to lie, not going to lie. I mean, listen, we need we need that. Um, we should mention that something that you and I have talked about every single year that it comes up, the Met Gala. Ah, yes. The Met Gala has been postponed, uh, we think, until September. Um, but this year's theme was about time. Um, mm-hmm. And this is it was postponed about time. <laughs> about time. How ironic, right? I know. So, of course, you know, um, Anna Wintour and everyone on the board of the Met Gala, Lin Manuel Miranda, everybody, um, like all of them, you know, it was it's a huge, huge event and fundraiser in New York City every year, uh, and and a huge night for art and fashion and music and mm-hmm. everything, uh, and that has been postponed. Uh, so every every facet of every industry is postponed uh, and and put on hold, and every industry is going to be touched by this, really. But because we are an arts podcast, we We're are here, here for you. We are here for you. We are single handedly trying to save and promote the arts. <laughs> it's only us. We're the only ones. We're the only ones, folks. So here we are. It's us doing and it, our best. It's us and Rosie O'Donnell. Yes. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, there's that. Um, Who's so hosting her? What you said? She's doing her like yeah. telephone. So Rosie O'Donnell. I'm going to yeah. tell you right now. So Rosie, the Rosie yeah. O'Donnell show, which was big in like late nineties, early two thousands. Um, it was just, it was a really fun daytime talk show before there was Ellen, there was Rosie and, um, she championed Broadway like none other. Uh, and that was really when Broadway industry kind of saw this big boom again, because Rosie was really giving it this huge platform every single day. Uh, so, in light of all of this, in light of everyone being shut down and Broadway going dark, the Rosie O'Donnell show is remounting for one night only, which is really exciting. Uh, and it's going to happen on March 22nd, which is Saturday. And so in California, it's going to be at 4 p.m. Pacific time, but it's going to be 7 p.m. East, Eastern time. And that's going to be a live stream on um, uh, Broadway.com. I'm sure Playbill will have information on it as well. And it's going to stream live on YouTube as well. Awesome. And that's just going to be like this giant roster of, uh, of Broadway stars and, and song and show, and it's going to be exciting. So I'm definitely going to tune in. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I'm excited for that too. Yeah. It's going to be good. Um, so, so why are we here? Well, I believe that we're here to give our sevens of listeners our top five. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say that in the quarantine, we, <laughs> should, we should be challenging those numbers. I'm, I feel like maybe we could get out of this quarantine with maybe nines. Ooh, I'm going to be optimistic and say maybe 15s. Okay. All right. I see you. All right. Okay. So listen, we're in the nine to 15 range now. Yeah. That's generous, but we'll see anyway. So here's what we want to do. I challenged Josephine. I said, what if we did like a top five for our listeners um, of things that they can do in ways of books, movies, and bingeable shows uh, to fill their quarantine. And so we put together one of our dare I say, somewhat exciting, famous top five lists. Yes. We have not shared we, these with each other. No, we have not. So I don't know what's on your list. I was just consulting my phone just to make sure that I got everything that I put down because I, I was just wanting to write it in front of me. Now, I proposed three categories. Top five books, yes. top five movies, mm-hmm. and then top five things series to binge. Um, what do you want to start with? Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, uh, I think we should do books first because okay. that will be the one that is my least, um, I want to do that one first because that's the one I'm least like excited about. Because you're illiterate? Yeah. Because I don't read novels. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't read things. Because I don't read things. Oh, Hooked on Phonics can work for you too, Joe. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can read. All right. Yes. All right. What's your number one book that you're giving to the children to read? Um, it's one that we've talked about on the show because I think that in this time, you know, we need to be, we're just looking for just inspiration as much as possible and warm feelings. So my first one is Becoming by Michelle Obama. <gasps> Good one. Yes. I stayed clear of the political choices 
See, I, I it was so not. strange because like she, oh, but I see that yes, she is a political choice because of, you know, she Oh, but was... she's just the best. She's just exactly the best person ever. Oh, I'm so pissed at you that that's one of your, yeah, that's so on your you list. Becoming oh, you're so good. Okay. Obama. Becoming by Michelle Obama. All right. I'm going to go ahead with an obvi choice. Okay. But if you have not read already, now is a really great time to dive into all seven <laughs> books of the Harry Potter series. That was mine. That was one of mine. Was that well, one? I had okay. well, I had a specific one. Oh, which one? Um, so I actually, I actually said, I was like, okay, assuming that our nine to fifteens of listeners actually have read Harry Potter, because don't you know, give anything away. You know, my mine would have been to reread book seven, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Uh-huh. I have read book seven several times. And I, the reason why yeah. I, the reason why I think that is because I have been feeling personally um, in the last. Personally, in the last you know couple of weeks, with all of this stuff, like this is there's a part in that gets particularly dark in book seven, where our three main characters, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, are isolated from the rest of their friends, Yay. and it's not until they're reunited towards the end of the book and things happen that you see. Oh, it's like you you realize better, things yeah. exactly. So it's like it's a way for us to, you know, empathize with them in that regard. Yeah. And it's been something that I've just been thinking about a lot. It's just like, yeah, this is like that, but you know what? It's, it's, they, they got, you know, as, as kind of, as kind of sappy and as it may sound, it's just like, you know, if those students could get through that dark time. <laughs> yeah. Hogwarts, I, I know. Yeah. I like always, we can get through it. Yeah. I love those books so damn much. And not just because like so many of us like grew up with them, but, um, you know, I've heard so many people be like, no, I don't care about magic. And it's like, it's not mm. about that. It's about yeah. family and courage and discovering who you are and adversity and choice. And, and yes, it gets political and it's, you know, mm. it's really dark, but oh my God, it's like so... I just feel like those books specifically are always timely. They always feel important to me every time I revisit them. And it's a good one. It's a good one to dive into. So that was my one. And then that was also on your list as well. That was also on my list as well. Well, yours was the whole series, but mine was just book seven specifically for for the peoples. For the peoples. All right. So you want my next one? Yes. Okay. This might be a little like, huh? Question mark, eyebrow raise, tilt of head. Okay. But okay. I'm going to say, listen, readers, you have time on your hands. So I would like us all to look at reading the book Gone with the Wind. <laughs> See, don't mess with me. Don't you dare. I, okay. I know. And now this is controversial because, you know, it's kind of arguably like the greatest argument for the Confederacy, um, which is bad. <laughs> and and a slavery. And which exactly. Is bad. bad. But it's also um, such a really beautiful piece of literature in a way that like 
depicts the civil war from the inside, you know, and Mm -hmm. what happens when Atlanta burns and like everything. And also Scarlett O'Hara was a hoe and she had like four husbands, not one. She had like (laughs) several children. Like the book is so much more complex than the movie is. And it's a giant tome of a novel, but I always think it's like important to understand like the other side of things and the other side of politics too, which in these times feels really hard because it's very hard to digest and listen to the other side. But when you go back and kind of look at like what our country has been through uh, in terms of like the civil war where our country could have really, really fallen apart um, and like what Americans had to do to kind of like scrappily get through it, that Mm -hmm. is like, I mean, just in terms of like a novel and characters and story, it's like, oh, it's huge. You know, slavery and and racism aside, it's, yes, um, it's a slavery really and racism aside, giant and important book uh, that could easily fill some time for you. Yeah, I mean, it's a tome, so it's like yeah. you're, you know, if you're gonna not go anywhere for a little bit, you probably can just watch this. What so. else are you doing? This month yeah. that you can't you, read well, a giant book. Come on. The answer is you shouldn't be doing shit. You should be in Correct. You should be at Unless home reading these books. And also, too, in the age where you can download books free from your library, where you can download books on so many different platforms, on Audible, on Scribed, on Kindle, etc. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't be reading. So mm-hmm. give me your next book. So my next book is um, my next book is Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. Oh, we've talked about that. Exactly, we have talked. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give you books that I've actually. I want to give you books that I've actually read. So it'll be books that we've actually talked about. I like it. Um, Um, We've talked about that movie and how. Yes, we have. Because I saw that on a plane, Mm -hmm. and it was awful. (laughs) But anyway, tell me about the book. So the book Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, which is the book that the um, movie uh, Love, Simon is based on. And the forthcoming, I think it's Love, I forget who it is. It's Love Something Else that's coming on another platform. Um, that's basically the continuation of it. Um, she is, So basically this book is about a young kid who's closeted in living in Georgia, in Atlanta specifically, and so it's gone with the wind. Well, yeah, exactly. Name. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so he basically is, you know, he engages in like this anonymous epistolary type <laughs> romance with uh, a kid at his school who's also gay, and they talk, commiserate, and talk about being gay together. And the whole book is him trying to figure out who the kid is and be true to himself and everything. And again, as I said in the episode, I prefer this particular, I prefer this book, the book specifically over the movie, which is always the case, but I prefer the book over the movie because there was just like some added details and texture that I didn't, that you don't get when you're trying to cram it all into like that 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. And plus the way that they kind of did the way that they kind of did Simon dirty with his friends in the movie never really sat well with me. So this one provided a lot more texture 
Um, you know, the, besides the fact that it's written by, by a woman. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's written by it's written by a straight woman. So besides the fact mm-hmm. that it's written by a straight woman, I thought it was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's like elements of like hand holding, and you know when mm-hmm. and it's it's that it's sweet that young queer, gay things. Exactly, but it's like that sweet adolescent love that you see portrayed in movies and TV shows all the time um, with like straight kids Mm -hmm. that I wish I had when I was uh, that like young queer kid. So, you know. Um, All right, I'll give you that one, even though that movie was tragic and awful. Um, (laughs) The movie was bad. The movie was rough. Um, the movie was rough. I mean, it's all, all all for Jennifer Garner to give like a one nice monologue. That you know, is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Jen Garner a lot on this episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess she's America's mom now. <laughs> Doing so much for the quarantine. I mean, yes. I'm rebranding it. There it is. Um, okay. So my next book series of books to read are the Tales of the City. Books. Oh, that's a good one. You're welcome. Again, also yeah. awful movie. Great books. <laughs> really great books. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tales of the City books are like diving into the juiciest soap opera ever. And if that is your thing and you like keeping track of characters, gay, straight, trans, bi, everything, every color of the rainbow from you know, the 60s in San Francisco to present day. Um, it's just this beautiful, like, quilt of humanity and this cross-section of people um, in San Francisco. Yeah, and there's a ton of them. There's so many. So Armistead Maupin wrote, there's six, seven, eight, nine books total, I believe. Nine, maybe there's 10 in there. No, I think it's... I think it's nine. And I've read all of them. Oh, my gosh. I know. So this is a reread for you. It would be a reread for me. And it's funny because he's, in recent years, published, like, three additional um, parts of the series that are the, you know, seven, eight, and nines. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I read them as they came out, I kind of had to be like, oh, yeah, I forgot this one storyline of of this one character or whatever. It's all very soap opera-y and it's all very layered and crazy. Um, And some of the plot points are questionable. And I don't care. I'm here for it. Yeah. So, well, the they they were originally written as like a serial in a newspaper, right? So, I so the chapters are really the chapters are interesting because they're really short. Um, they're really short. They read like you know, so it, it you'll feel very accomplished as you go through. I had, I have attempted the first book in the uh-huh. Tales of the City, uh-huh. um, and I was like, wow, they're so short, and it makes uh-huh. me feel really good that I'm yeah. getting through all these chapters in one day. Yeah, definitely, it's a good confidence boost. All right, give me another yeah. book. Uh, my second book, or my my fourth book, I should say, um, is My Life as a Goddess by the comedian Guy Branham. Okay. And so I, the, I don't really read novels, but I do love reading memoirs. Uh-huh. So um, comedian Guy Branham is one of my favorite comedians. He uh, recently, he's most probably known for being one of the talking heads on Chelsea Lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically writes his memoir as if he is like, 
he's talking about himself as if he was like a goddess. Um, it's all spelled out in the first chapter and it's beautiful. And he's really like, I think the SAT word to use is erudite and very like just very intelligent about his comedy. And he has this really cool breakdown of the song Bohemian Rhapsody and how it's Bohemian Rhapsody is literally about a man's coming out to his family. And it's really cool. Um, Plus it's hilarious as all get out. And he talks a lot about his childhood growing up as, um, as like a farmer white trash in like, in like Sacramento, Penaluma area, but also Jewish, like rural kind of cool. Appalachian I'm Jewish. I'm adding it to my list as we speak. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I would recommend probably going online and looking for some of his comedy somewhere mm-hmm. or perhaps listening to a little bit of his album, which is called Effable, E-F-F-A-B-L-E. Um, just so that way you can get a little bit of sense for his voice. Um, the audiobook, which he reads, is also very fabulous. Yeah. Um, so I recommend That's that. And, and yeah, very good. Cool. Um, my next book, which we've talked about at length here, is High Fidelity by Nick Hornby. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a quick, easy novel to read, but it's full of artists who really get and appreciate art and are like total elitist, elitist uh, dirtbag snobs about it. You know, <laughs> just in like we know nothing about that. We know nothing about that. It just in the the idea that like what we think is good really matters, and that what pe- other people think is good really matters and says a lot about them. Um, and that is essentially what you and I just do all the time. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so High Fidelity by Nick Hornby. It is a novel that came out a long time ago in the 90s, I think. Um, and, and I love it. And I've read it several times. And, and it is why we have top five lists. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last book is a book that I haven't read. Um, <laughs> so I initially was going to put like, you know, I was trying to put things that are like uplifting and will get people, you know, people for take their minds off their current situation. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of something along the lines of like RuPaul, like a RuPaul book. Uh-huh. Um, but instead I decided to change the script on that a little bit. And so I, my last recommendation is The Diva Rules by Michelle Visage. Oh, <laughs> Which is her book that came out um, recently. Um, And basically it's, you know, her life story, her memoir, but also like the rules of being a diva and what that means. So, um, you know, again, um, I would also encourage anybody to, you know, if you want to just completely ignore either any one of our choices, um, if there's a book, if you, like me, have people think that you've read something or you've led them to believe that you've read something, but Uh you really haven't, now's the time (laughs) to make good on that and to actually read something. If people think that you're literate, but you're actually illiterate, now is a good time to prove them wrong. (laughs) Exactly. We can, you know, I'm sure Khan Academy Academy and Kuma and learning. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> there to teach you learning. Books we'll on that phonics is. can work hey, for you. Okay. Sure okay. So I have one more book, and this is exciting Ooh, okay. because um, uh, we are going to be interviewing the author whenever yes. the quarantine lifts and we figure this out. <laughs> um, but there is a really, really beautiful novel called Oil and Marble, written by my mm-hmm. good friend Stephanie Story. Uh, and it is about uh, Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci, both living in 
uh, Florence at the same period of time that Da Vinci created the Mona Lisa and Michelangelo carved the David uh, and how like they kind of had this, um, you know, like rivalry, but they also kind of like fueled each other's creativity. And um, it is historical fiction at its finest. And I'm so, so, mm-hmm. so excited to sit down with her and talk to her about her process and all of that. Her second novel is coming out next month, uh, Raphael, Painter in Rome. Uh, mm. and so really excited to dive into that one when it comes out. So plug for Stephanie. And uh, if you haven't read Oil and Marble yet, you can get it on Kindle. There's an Audible version of it, all of that good stuff. So, so that's that. All right. And those are our books. There you have it. You have 10 books and actually more than that because several of those were series. Yes. <laughs> several. You have lots of books to read with your time. Tons and tons and tons. Tons and tons. All right. What are the movies that we are watching? So my number one choice is kind of, it's kind of a cheat. Okay. So there was this medieval novel or not really a novel. It's like the Canterbury Tales, but it's called the Decameron by Uh Brocaccio. And it's about seven women and three men who are basically nobles of some sort that are stuck in a villa in the countryside as the bubonic plague is ravaging their town. (laughs) Wow. Appropriate. Very appropriate. So, yeah. so the movie that the movies that I really wanted to highlight, I wanted to highlight something fun around that. You know, as fun as the plague can be, right? <laughs> um, so, so the the yeah. movie that in the same breath, I want this is kind. That's why I said it's kind of a cheat. In the same breath, I want to mention the Little Hours, which is um, a parody film based on one of the stories in the Decameron. Okay, um, it's about uh, James Franco who. Um, no, no, Dave Franco, who is James Franco's brother. Um, yeah. He plays this like uh, guy who you know fakes being a deaf mute, um, and he ends up being working as a um, as like a worker on a in a nun's in a in a convent. In oh. it's and it's period, so it's set in medieval times, but it's very irreverent. It's very much a parody. And it's super fun. Um, that being said, in the same breath, I also want to mention this <laughs> 2007 um, awful like black comedy called Virgin Territory. Are you giving me all five of your movies right now, or this is just one? This is just the one. This is a, that's why it's kind of a cheat. <laughs> this is a cheat. You're giving me like okay, so this is one, but here are 17 films for you. Here you go. Well, these two films are like modern films written, uh-huh. like made in this century, based on the Decameron specifically. So, the Virgin Got Territories it. is is more specifically it falls about, under a category under a exactly. theme. So the the Virgin Territory, <laughs> a Virgin Territory, is specifically like a medieval sex comedy about um like but more based on the decameron so like the people are all horny and locked up because of the plague so sexy times so you know if you want you know people are like oh let's watch outbreak let's watch contagion and i'm like no fuck that no watch something else that's a little (laughs) bit better and a little more horny so you know what else they should watch which is number one on my list with a bullet I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and remind the children that Beyonce's Homecoming is still on Netflix. Yep. Uh huh. A film by Beyonce. And when we need to feel good in these troubled times, 
I need everybody to not wear pants because yeah. Beyonce doesn't wear pants. No, she don't. And I need she everybody to go pants. ahead and just like grab their snare drum, their marching snare, and get into that cadence and like go full ham mm-hmm. at homecoming with Beyonce. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm baby young, but I'm ready. <laughs> Okay, I mean, I'm just going to remind you all that there are guest performances in there by Solange, the original Destiny's Child, all mm-hmm. the greatest hits, like... All the greatest hits. All the greatest hits. So good. So, so good. So that's my number one. Awesome. Um, my number two is more for comfort. It's my favorite movie. So when people ask you no. what your favorite movie is, yes. um, I, I, for many years, did not have an answer. Mm. So here's my answer. Uh, okay. My favorite movie is Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. All right. So I recommend, you know, I'll give you a little Robin Williams, a little Sally Field, give you a little Pierce Brosnan, get your life. It's beautiful. It's a family movie. Um, It'll make you want to hug people, um, you know, socially distance yourself as best possible, uh, hug a pillow. Yeah. But yeah, so that's probably something that I would return to as uh, would return to. Um, in a in movie form as something personal that I want to consume during this quarantine. All right, and Mrs. Doubtfire just opened on Broadway, um, and <laughs> then closed on Broadway, and then closed um, on Broadway, and then closed because of virus times. But uh, is now on Broadway with Rob McClure, uh, and mm-hmm. so interested to hear some of the music from that and to see where that goes once the Great White Way is open again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Okay, so my number two movie for us to see is also, since you had a cheat, I'm going to have a cheat. That cheat, girl. I'm going to go ahead and cheat. I didn't, you do it. Listen, here's my cheat. I told you to read all the Harry Potter books, and I'm going to tell you to watch all the Harry Potter movies. Oh! Because though they are different, they are still magical and glorious. And you get to watch Rupert Grant make this face the whole time. Like the same, like, <laughs> just watching me make the face. Like, it's that face. Like, wait, wait. I'll do it again. Ready? Hold on, here we go. Ready? Hold on, here we go. Can you make, um, can you make the Hermione, Hermione, um, like, you know, angry face? With her her angry faces, she just looks like pinched all the time. Like, yeah, it's nothing <laughs> exciting. But Ron's face, where he's just like, mm, can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? I don't think I've ever asked you. Um, what if you were a if you were a, an instructor at Hogwarts? If got it. Yes. What of the of the different classes? Which one would you want to teach? Ooh. And, and which uh, instructor do you most like? Do you most see yourself as? <laughs> or is this is a heavy so question? Layered. I feel like <laughs> this is like a whole other. I feel like we need to have a whole other hour devoted to Hogwarts. <gasps> Ooh, that maybe might, that's that quarantine part two. <laughs> that's quarantine part two, um, because 
I might definitely, I think I'm going to rewatch all of the films. That would be a I good one. I want you to. I want that for you. Um, yeah. I have, I have thoughts on, on who I would be or who I feel connected to, but I, I feel like I need to give that a little more time. And a little more thought. Okay. 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 But here's the thing though. That was not going to be on my list because I told you to read the books. <laughs> so I'm kind of cheating. Okay. 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 Well, that's fine. You can cheat. That's fine. All right. All right. Well, then there you go. You gave me 17 movies, so there you go. Um, so yes, the Harry Potter movies, but really my second number two is the Godfather trilogy. Oh, that's a, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I'm I'm Write I shouldn't be surprised that you said that. Yeah. Write it down. Um Josephine, we've already established thinks that I'm related <laughs> to everyone Italian who's ever been an Italian in cinema ever. And maybe he's correct. That's fine. I don't care. But it's a vicious stereotype and there you go. Whatever, it's fine. That's okay. Did so I buy like is- three things of olive oil during this quarantine? I sure did. Yes. So you mean to tell me that your your answer to this is to uh to watch the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever read Mario Puzo's I have. The Godfather? Okay. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Have I read it? Of course I have. Yes. <laughs> Ask me if I've read something. What's up Mario's book? Was it So the book so the book The Godfather is movies one and two combined. Uh, okay, okay. And it is just as gorgeous as the films. I was obviously familiar with the movies before I read the book. So it was kind of a, uh, like one of the few times that I've done that backwards um, and seen the movie first and then, and then read. Um, So the, the book is, like I said, like a combination of the two first two. um, And there's so much more backstory and it's, uh, it's gorgeous. It's so good. Um, The third movie is, a tragedy, but we watch it because it's a tragedy because it's a tragedy and it's awesome. It's awesome to watch something bomb that bad. (laughs) And also too, I'm going to put this out there. One of the greatest uh, fallacies in the Godfather three is that Andy Garcia, a Cuban actor, (laughs) Is supposed to pass as Italian. Is supposed to pass as Sonny's bastard son in the movie. So he's playing Sicilian in the movie, and it's just, ugh. I mean. Is that in the third one? It's in the third, of course. Ah, and yes. Sonny is the Brando De Niro character, right? No, Josephine. No. Oh, well, see, I've never seen The Godfather. Josephine, you have your homework. I can't talk to you about this. <laughs> I cannot. Josephine. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, give me your next movie. No, don't don't talk to me until you understand that reference. <laughs> you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh I'm goodness. Dio. Okay. Tell me your next movie to watch. My number three, I wanted to put something uh from Mother Julie. Oh, yay. But I wanted to put something from Mother Julie, but also of my childhood. Um, all of Mother Julie is my childhood. Let's be quite honest. But the one that the one that I picked was the Princess Diaries. Okay. Where she plays Clarice Rinaldi. Okay. 
All right, I'm here for that. Like yeah. just the first one? Because weren't there several? Well, you, there's only two. The first okay. one's the best one. Let's be quite honest. Okay. So if you only watch one, you should watch the first one. Additionally, um, the, the here's so here's a here's a fun reference. The guy who plays the love interest in the first one uh-huh. is the youngest son of Talia Shire. Okay, Godfather yes. connection. Exactly. Uh-huh. He is uh, Jason Schwartzman's younger brother. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Cool. Very cool. And and if you can, if uh, so, when DVD, you know, when DVD director commentary was a thing, mm-hmm. um, I had like the Princess Diaries DVD. Of course, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you should watch it with um, the commentary of uh, a-, a young Anne Hathaway and uh, Julie Andrews mm. having like high tea while watching. <laughs> oh, shut up! How lovely. Yeah, oh, you can hear the funny. china and everything, and yeah, it's great. What's funny to me is that that, I think, is one of the first movies that I remember seeing on a plane. Like, <laughs> like intentionally, I was like, I'm going to see The Princess Diaries on, a plane. on this plane. Yep, there it is. That's a perfect, that is a perfect plane movie, though. Okay, right? You know, by the time you're done, it. we're beginning our descent. And yes, exactly. It is. <laughs> We'll begin our descent shortly into LaGuardia Airport. <laughs> <laughs> Your tray table's up. There you go. Um, okay, so my next movie might be kind of obvi, but if you haven't seen it already, Frozen 2 was released <gasps> mm-hmm. this week early. Uh, it was released in in light of the quarantines. Mm-hmm. Um Disney Plus released it early, so it is there. I have yet to watch it again, but I did see it in the theaters, and it's charming as hell and so, so good. And have you seen the first one? Oh, yeah. You saw the first. Did you not see the second, though, no? I haven't seen the second one. Then Again, that's on my quarantines list. I'm so glad I'm giving you all of these things for your list. Yes, Absolutely. Give me um, I was gonna, I was gonna shade you a little bit and put Star Wars on this list. To sh- <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about putting it on my list. I was, but then I didn't. I was gonna, but feel free to shade me. It's okay. Uh, so the next one on my list is again. I was looking for something that like was rom commy and fun. So I recommend um, to all the boys I've loved before on Netflix. I was gonna put that on my list too, and I did not. Because I thought that your gay ass probably would. <laughs> and you were fucking right. <laughs> I am fucking correct because I no. know you. So far, I've mentioned two movies that have um, sequels. Mm. So obviously, you can go and watch the sequel. The sequel, the sequel to To All the Boys I Love Before has um, the delicious and beautiful Jordan Fisher as okay. John Ambrose. Um, okay. I'm, I'm so, have you read the, mo- the books To All no. the Boys I Love Before? No, I've only seen so the you, first movie. I have not seen the second. You may need to read them. Um, okay. Because they are YA books. Maybe that's your Quarantine's homework from me. I already but. have a stack of Quarantine <laughs> books that I'm reading <laughs> that I'm in. So, but okay. I mean, I'll definitely watch the second movie for sure. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to figure out which, which one should be my number four movie to give to you. Mm, 
Okay. I'm going to go ahead with this. I'm going to hit you with another trilogy. Uh-huh. A classic, and a classic never dies. Gone I'm going to give you – no, not Gone with the Wind, no. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with Back to the Future. <gasps> oh, okay. okay. Listen. You can't tell me shit about Marty McFly, okay? No, you can't touch me, okay? Okay. Some kid that I went to high school with, his senior quote was, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Run for it, Marty. <laughs> and that was his senior quote in the yearbook, and it was kind of genius. Um, oh, that's a good one. It's that's a real a good, good one. one. So that trilogy, like the second Back to the Future... I remember the first time I saw it, I was confused as hell because it plays around with time and goes back mm-hmm. and forward in time. And then the mm-hmm. third Back to the Future is like the Wild West times. Yeah. But the first one, the mm-hmm. first one is so good. It's just like such a perfect movie. I love it so much. Yeah. The first one is good. The second one is a decent sequel. A mm-hmm. decent direct sequel, but the first one is just, you know, is just yeah. unimpeachable. Yeah. yeah. The Enchantment Under the Sea Dance. Yes. It's yes. So good. It's so good. Yes, for days. <laughs> for days. It's so edible. I can't even. I love it. And his like nerdy hot father. Oh, yes. Creepy <sighs> thin man. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. He's so good. So good. Oh, man. All right. Uh, my last one is also, you know, again, with the quarantines, we're having a situation where people are, where movies are now being forced to, reluctantly, but being forced to go to the digital format sooner or probably, or even release things out straight to digital since we're, you know, in this situation where we're trying to hashtag flatten the curve. So mine is one of those films that was um, that they actually released early to be put out on VOD and digital. Um, it didn't start that way. Um, so this one is it's just ahead of its uh, timeline. Uh, my fifth film is Cats. <gasps> that was mine. That was mine too. <laughs> I'm so glad I waited. Yes. All yes. Right. Here is why this is a quarantine film. I'm so glad you went there. Here is why. <laughs> you have to hate watch this film. Yes. Like, and we all have to hate watch it together. Yes. I have not seen it yet. Have you seen it? No, I have not seen it yet either. I have not seen this yet. I kind of don't want to. I don't want to spend money on it, certainly, but I'm gonna so that I can hate watch the shit out of it and text you the whole time. Yes. We'll go to the Jellicle Ball together, that yeah. heavy side lair. Is it true that they like digitally edited out the cat's assholes? I apparently there was gonna be a lot of cat asshole in this, but they decided oh, not to. Oh my god, I can't it looks so tragic. I can't. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. Okay. All right. Awesome. We're moving on to now our bingeable shows. Yes. Now for me, this was a fine line. Because I always feel like I have this laundry list of things that I need to see or dive into when people tell me I have to watch a bunch of new shows. But I am someone who relies on the comfort of like the things that I already know I like. And Mm -hmm. so I'll just watch them to death over and over and over again. So a lot of the things on my bingeable list are like that. There are a lot of like 
time to revisit those things. Yeah. Yes. I, I only have okay. one thing that is a, a a new show that I've never seen. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Hit me with it, Josephine. Well, technically, I guess I have two. Um, the first one I want to do is one that I'm actually watching. Um, I've been watching with my uh, special man friend, mm-hmm. um, Grace and Frankie. Ah, uh, and we've talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Are six, you a menopausal woman? I know. So it's there's <laughs> season. It's it's actually a lot of fun and re if you're show, if you're with people in your quarantine, you know, in the quarantine and they've never yeah. seen something, this is just kind of a good example of like what happens when you're showing someone something you already love. They laugh at mm. jokes that you never thought were funny before that you like, oh, that is funny. Or you remember things from the first viewing. And so mm-hmm. it's been really nice showing him that. So this is that. just nice. a way to And I remember you saying that, like, you love that show because of, like, the auxiliary characters. Exactly. And, again, they they are bringing it. They are bringing yeah. it. That's awesome. Wendy is currently watching me scratch my back with my back scratcher. I am. I'm like, you have, like, a grandpa back scratcher. That's, like... <laughs> One of the ones that looks like a golf club that you like extend and it's it's like a claw. (laughs) Oh, I literally, I said grandfather because my, my grandpa used to have a back scratcher by the side of his recliner. (laughs) Oh my God. I have my back scratcher. All right. There you go. All right. (laughs) Okay. My first comforting binge and there's a lot of them. So if you're looking for something to occupy at least a week's worth of time here, I would suggest going all the way back to season one of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. I mean, right now we're in season like 12, I think, of Grey's okay. or no, more I, than that. I, I don't, how many seasons are we? I don't know. Quick and do a quick look up for me. I, I, I want to say, I'm going to guess that we're in season 14. 14, 15 something. Who knows? Season 27. I don't care. I, I'm Vamp a little bit it. and I'll tell you. I'm still in it. So here's the thing. Grey's is Shonda Rhimes' first like flagship show that she sold yep. to ABC. And it's like such... Uh, like of all of the hospital dramas that have been around, like since ER, this is the first one that like, oh, we've really cared about these people. At least I have. <laughs> when yeah. I say we, I mean me. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I just, so many of the original cast is no longer there and I'm like still in it every single week. And I love seasons. it. 16 seasons. Yeah. So, and it's an hour long episodic. So like, 40 something minutes per episode, 46 minutes probably. And 20 something episodes per season. So y'all like that could fill a whole lot of your quarantine. Um, but I don't know. I love the Meredith Grey and I love the Christina Yangs. I love all of the interns sleeping together. I love them solving medical mysteries. I love them saving lives. Um, anyway, Grey's Anatomy, man. Sappy crap, but I'm here for it. I love it. Mm, I love it. Um, mine is a new one. Oh. Um, so sometimes it's good to disappear into reality television. Um, so my, 
there are three reality shows on this. On this okay, uh, go ahead, give it to me. The first one is one that I've never seen. It is mm-hmm. Dragula by the Bo- from the Boulay Brothers. What? So Dragula is the um, is another drag competition. It's all the seed. There's three seasons, three or four seasons, on Amazon Prime, and basically the Boulay brothers are these two brother drag queens that are the resident spooky queens everywhere. So Dragula is basically RuPaul's Drag Race, but all of the queens are like Sharon Needles on acid. Oh. Yes. So these are queens that like no one's really heard of. They're definitely not RuPaul girls. And they do crazy, like it's a combination of like drag race and fear factor. That is right up your alley. You are such a spooky queen. Yeah, I've been this is on this has been on my list from Joshua for Fright School to like watch. Um we've had some of one of our guests who was on um who was on uh, Fright School. He actually was like a writer and guest judge in the most mm-hmm. recent season of Dragula. But some of the things that they make them do are crazy, like, you know, in the dark, locked in a box with spiders, like crazy, creepy uh. things. But it's, again, like, it's a completely different take on drag. And the most recent season had uh, the first ever drag king uh, participants. So, okay. Um, a woman doing uh, male drag. Cool. Very cool. So yes, Dragula. I have to put something spooky in there. All right. I got you. My second pick for bingeable shows is it just a feel-good background noise, warm, comforting kind of show. I'm going to go ahead and put the Great British Baking Show yeah. on my list. Because yes. if you want to really feel good about yourselves... Then, like, go ahead and watch people just be really kind to each other while baking beautiful, delicious things. And then big gay people just loving all of the food that they're eating. And uh, mm-hmm. it's so warm and lovely. It just, it's feel good times. Yeah, absolutely. It's and a also, warm blanket. several, several seasons of it to watch. Yeah, but exactly that. It's a warm blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tried making something from the British Baking Show? Never. <laughs> Not a once. Because all the things that they're like, I, I don't even know what half of their desserts are. And it's a strawberry financier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. With a light sponge. With a light and sponge. And I'm it's like, an- the fuck are they making? I don't know. But I-, I also didn't know that there were different types of meringues, okay? There's like Italian meringue, a Swiss meringue, uh-huh. French meringue, an American meringue. No, There's thank so you. Many. There's all the things. I'm just, I just I'm love to my back scratcher's hand in the air. No, no, miss. <laughs> you put your back scratcher away. Um, yeah. Okay. What's yours? Uh, so you know, in this time, if if you're if if you are able to, and hopefully you are. If not, we see you and we hear you. Um, work from home. Uh, so for me, I, I tend to not like listening to podcasts or listening to music when I work. I like to have like shows on in the background because that's a very defined way. That's a very like way for me to gauge time (laughs) is by like, okay, I know this is 40 minutes. That's like my own kind of, uh, own kind of way of doing the Pomodoro method. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so the show that I've been watching or at least having on in the background while I'm working from home is, um, Top Chef. Oh. It's on 
It's on Hulu. It's also like, it's a fast paced environment. It makes you feel like you're, it makes you feel like you've accomplished something now granted, like, you know, you, you do want to eat those things when you're done, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like, it's just the, just also, and also because Padma Lakshmi is like so shady to some of these people. Yes, it's, like, it's heavenly. It, I love it. Quite frankly, inedible. And I spit it out. I watched her spit someone's pork belly out, and it like. I just, <laughs> it and they're just starting a new season now, too, aren't they? A new yes, season of All Stars. Yes. So Did that just start already, or is it tonight? It, it started, started um, uh, last Thursday. So tonight, or last night, which, uh, you know, it, we're speaking, we're voices of the past. So, you know, when we release this, it'll have been last Thursday. But yes, oh. absolutely. And I just, I watched that episode too, and I was just like, oh, this is exactly what I needed was a new episode yes. of Chef. And there's people that are on it that I'm just like, why are you on this? And mm. also, I'm glad you're back. I hope you win. You should have won the first time. <laughs> Listen, I'm here so, for Tom Pekio. He could get uh, it. Oh, uh, well, he is, he's Paisano, right? He's me. <laughs> you and your fucking stereotypes. You are awful. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are the worst. He, he, he has a whole, he did a whole thing once on one of the episodes about talking about his, his mama's yes. Sunday gravy. Yes. Yes. I understand him. I find that attractive. I get it. Fine. Yeah, he, he likes steak. Yeah. yeah. Is Joe great. is just pigeonholing me into a stereotype, and I'm just fine. Sure. I own it. Whatever. Here I am. What's, an Italian. That's your next one. That's it. <laughs> you asshole. Okay. My next bingeable sh- series is Shit's Creek. Uh, I almost put this on. on uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, now I've heard from several people because right now Shit's Creek is in its final season. Um uh-huh. and I and we've talked about this too. I'm not going to watch it until I can see the whole season. Um and so I know nothing about its current final season though it's it's ending uh on I believe April 8th, I think, because it's also being presented with like uh, a documentary behind the scenes of um, the creators and the cast and all of that. And so um, it's, again, it's just a feel-good, weird, funny, delightful, strange show. And I it shocks me that you haven't seen it yet. Yes, this might have to be, my, uh, again, many homework. Well, I mean, so there's so much time. Homework, getting, but but camp, we have all the time to do it now, you know? So exactly. do it. For Dan Levy alone, I mean, he's just delicious. Yeah. Delicious. What's yours? So just like you chose a like, you know, epic show such as Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My my epic show is Game of Thrones. Oh. I read so, yeah. a meme the other day, yesterday. Yesterday, today, all the days are blending together. I don't know. But somebody <laughs> said something to the effect talk about it for a second i'm gonna find it because i don't want to misquote yeah um so yeah game of thrones i recommend because it's like it's a very quick watch you know you have 10 episodes per season except when you get to the last two which you know get abbreviated i think it's like six and then four 
So, you know, it, it comes out to about 10 altogether. But again, it's just one of those things where it's such a cultural phenomenon. It was a big part of the early, of the first six months of 2019, and also just the part of the last decade. So I recommend that people take a look at it. Um, if Game of Thrones is not your cup of tea, uh, then, you know, again, this is kind of cheating a little bit, but then you should take a look at um, uh, Westworld on HBO and start from the beginning. Cause we are, they just started the, they just started the third season and which is funny because the second season premiered in 2016 and they haven't done, <laughs> they haven't done a season since then. So. <laughs> okay. Here's the meme that I saw. And it said, the eighth season was so insultingly bad that people about to be locked in their houses for weeks on end and no one is going to rewatch Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is accurate. <laughs> well, they ended on a shockingly bad season. So I'm told I'm not going to watch it. I won't do the that homework. Sorry, bud. Um, all right. I now have another classic. Mayhaps a little dated, but I'm here for it. I'm going to go ahead and say The West Wing. Oh, okay. Another feel good. President Bartlett. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, like just the most amazing cast written by Aaron Sorkin. Seasons one through four, I believe, were written by Sorkin, and then it was taken over by someone else, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And the, the last season then was Jimmy Smith's coming on board with like, ugh, it's just it's so good. Like such a beautifully done political drama. Um, yeah. And especially in times when you want to believe in the good of the people who are running your country or you're desperately yeah, uh-huh. craving that, um, I turn to President Bartlett. And there you go. Okay, okay. Uh, my last one is the current, uh, the current meme that's happening all over the world. Um, Love is Blind. Oh, I have not seen it yet. I've watched the first episode, and quite frankly, I... <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to, I really want to finish it because it looks like it's just going to be a massive train wreck, uh-huh. but it is, it is bad. <laughs> I have so much trouble watching things like that though. Like the bachelorette and the bachelor and like things like that really don't sit well with me. I can't get behind. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, I watched the first episode cause I just needed something on in the background and I'm like, okay, well this is interesting. And you know it's it's basically you know how we're dating right now. We can't see each other. We can't, <laughs> we're just having we just have to have conversations with each other. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because you can totally tell, like as the different guys are talking to the different girls, you can totally the different you can totally see the different guys. Who what are is all the like, premise of this show? So Nick, Nick and uh, Vanessa Lachey are the mm-hmm. you know are the perpetrators behind this. I didn't realize that show. they were behind it. Okay. Yes, they come out and basically they have a group of men and a group of women, and they've locked them in different houses that are oh. connected by. Um, basically, they're going to go on a series of dates uh, with all of these. With it, they're going to date like all of the men and all the women, and the only 
they will not be able to see or touch each other. They like go into these little ice, like these little pods and they're like speaking to a wall that's like, has like lights and everything, but like they're only able to talk to each other. So it's forcing them to see, it's forcing them to get to know somebody without knowing what they look like, but just based entirely on their voice and personality. I have no and, interest in watching that at all. <laughs> and so the, you know, the question is love truly blind. And I'm like, well, no, love is not blind. Uh, no. Um, oh my and God. like, it's and some of it's really like really awful and problematic. And then some of it is just like, like the whole point is that like, once you can find someone to connect with that, you will um, propose to them marriage and then once you, I know, right? Why is it always marriage? Look at and my then, face. Ew. Yeah. And then once you propose to them marriage, you're going to actually like meet in person and then live together for like a month and then your wedding. <laughs> and then you have your wedding. Ew. And then if you go through with it, then you'll get married. That is barf. I cannot. Ew. Yeah. That is, it's definitely one of those, like, you know, no. people are, people always like, oh, now we marry for love. And I'm like, yeah, we, these yeah. shows always remind us that marriage is like, you know, not, didn't start out that way. Barf, <laughs> barf, puke, no thanks, barf, puke. Um, okay, my last one, again, I was flip-flopping between two. So I'm going to go ahead and cheat here. Mm-hmm. And my first that I'm going to throw away here is Queer Eye. Because uh, mm-hmm. we've talked about it a lot here, and I feel like a lot of people are already up on Queer Eye. However, if you want to feel good in these quarantines, go ahead and watch a Mama Tammy episode. Like, go back. Some of those Queer Eye episodes mm-hmm. are so gorgeous and so heartwarming, and they will do you some good in these times. Yeah, um, for sure. So- that is that was like my first thought, and then I was like, "Nah, that's an obvious choice." Was that on your list at all, or no? Was that going to be? And I thought about it, but I was just like, "I think if we were going to do any queer eye, I would do the original queer eye." <laughs> oh yeah, just because yeah. like it would just be so interesting to see how far we've come. And I remember watching original queer eye when it was on oh, Netflix yeah. for a hot second, and and it's so fascinating. It really is. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, Okay, so instead, I'm going to end my bingeable watch with Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Like the original. And then the the reboot that came on Netflix later. um, I just, again, such smart writing by Amy Sherman Palladino. And also nostalgic because, you know, it's... It's not of current or present times, but it's also very timeless as well. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, it's just good stuff. Good mother, daughter, fodder, you know. Exactly. A warm blanket of a show. And Gilmore <laughs> Girls is what got us through 2016 election. It's what's probably going to get us through um, it is. this as well. It is. And so that's what we're doing here for you on Art Time, guys. We're giving you warm blankets. We're giving you things to keep cozy with. Mm-hmm. And things to stay indoors with. Yeah, stay indoors. Don't leave your fucking houses. Yeah, no. Stay inside. Stay inside. Stay inside. Flatten the curve. Stay safe. Wash your hands a lot. What is a song that you'd sing when you wash your hands, Joe? 
Um, you go first. <laughs> I've been singing a lot of songs while I wash my hands. The first, though, came to mind was, um, I believe that God has a plan for all of us. I from the Book of Mormon. Um, okay, so Book of Mormon, that. yes. And then I've been doing a little Defying Gravity. Um, I did... I did some non-musical theater stuff the other day. Beatles uh-huh. came into mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, yeah, whatever pops into my head. I don't know. I'm always singing something. What is your song? Uh, I've had three. So What are your um, three? I did uh, Raspberry Beret, the chorus. Good one. Yes. It is stuck in my head for a long time. Yes. Um, and then and Raspberry Beret and the next one, they're both from the LA Times' like, list of songs you can sing while washing your hands. Uh-huh. Um, the other one was Love on Top. By, yes. <laughs> um, but the one that I've been doing is uh, All Your Ladies Pop Your Pussy Like This. <laughs> Shake Your Body Don't <laughs> Stop No Miss. All Your Ladies Pop Your Pussy Like This. Shake Your Body Don't Stop No Miss. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Yes. <laughs> We are nothing if not classy ladies here at Art Time exactly. of the Month. But like, it just like, you know, you're there and you're just washing your hands yeah, and getting in the get of my it. neck, my back, lick my pussy, <laughs> and my crack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love you so hard. Yes. yes. All right, y'all. This is it. This is what we got for you for the quarantine. I feel like we might come back to you with the Hogwarts episode, maybe. That's a much larger conversation. I feel like we'll have to. Maybe after we rewatch all of the movies. We can do a top five on uh, Hogwarts stuff. We definitely (laughs) could, yes. Yes, yes, yes. We definitely can. Top five Hogwarts. I just knocked over my iPad. All right, we're surviving. (laughs) We're surviving. We're getting through this. All right, fam. Sevens, nines, fifteens. Fifteens. Let us know what you're listening to. We're going to be putting stuff up on our Insta account and then uh, reply. Let us know what you're into right now and what's getting you through these times. And and if you want us to watch anything with you or recommend things to us, let us know and we'll get into it because we're in the same boat you are. And that's it, y'all. Stay safe. Stay safe. Enjoy your quarantine of this month. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.